Welcome to Goiter Dialogues by the Goiter Institute, Max Müller Bhavan, New Delhi. Our podcast where we talk about art, culture, education and civil society with people from all walks of life. So get ready for some interesting conversations with some very interesting personalities. Hosted by Puneet Kaur. Hello, good morning and welcome to Goethe Dialogues. Our guest today is the very, very talented Tilotama Shom. Hi, Tilotama. Hi, Puneet. What a pleasure to be here. What a pleasure to have you with us. I'm especially proud to have you here today because at one time I had the privilege of having you in my class of teaching you. So I'm especially happy that you are our guest today. Yes, it's lovely to be back uh, with one's alma mater. So it's lovely. Well, then let's get started, Tilotama. We know you so well today. In fact, you're so famous. Everyone knows you. But we'd still like to sort of go back a little in time. So tell me about your earlier years. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What were your college days like? Uh, so, uh, well, I'm not, not that famous and these are things that one, you know, really finds out when one takes the time to talk to someone one-on-one. -on -one. I grew up in a quite a diverse and secular India. Uh, my father was in the Air Force, so we moved uh, to a new state uh, every few years and uh, I was born in Calcutta, uh, but after that went to Kashmir, Bareilly, uh, parts of Punjab, uh, then Bangalore, then came to Delhi. Uh, so many, 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 many different places in India and many different schools, learnt languages, forgot the ones that I'd learnt earlier <laughs> and, uh, you know, what was thrown into the deep end. Um, but I guess in retrospect, this kind of constantly having to find your center in a new space, in a new language, in a new, you know, uh, was, I think, in retrospect, a, a kind of uh, preparation for the life of an actor. Uh, but uh, so I'm very thankful for it. I'm very thankful for the diverse and secular India that, uh, you know, my parents uh, gifted us with, thanks to his job. Um, so that was, uh, that was the early childhood and school and college happened while I was in Delhi, in Lady Sriram College. And uh, that's also where I encountered theater uh, for the first time and uh, which led me actually uh, to becoming uh, very fascinated with Bertolt Brecht and uh, his idea uh, of the gestus, uh, how that can be the heart of a performance, a certain gesture, you know, mm. and uh, and the value of it, the the power of it, uh, especially when he was directing Helena Weigel in Muta Courage. Um, mm. uh, so I got so fascinated by that by reading, you know, while reading and studying Brecht as a literature student in Elisa, that I decided that oh, I really wish I could read it in the original, and I started uh, my classes in Max Müller uh, because of that. Uh, and not because I really wanted to speak fluent German. It was more so that I could understand uh, Brecht better because I was obsessing about uh, him at that time. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was Brecht motivated you to come to us, to Max Miller, and uh, you joined us. Tell us about your time at MMB. What do you remember of that time? What, did, uh, what were your experiences like? 
So uh, Max Miller was really, uh, it was, you know, I, I considered to be like the golden years uh, studying in Delhi, uh, South Campus and North Campus and in between coming in for my classes at Max Miller uh, and, and treating myself to the occasional sesame toast uh, <laughs> uh, is a, a memory that I hold mm -hmm. very dear. Mm -hmm. But also the idea of being taught a language uh, and you start off on day one itself not refraining from speaking in any other language. Uh, I, I really love that, that mm -hmm. Max Muller, the teachers there, uh, create an environment where uh, from day one you're encouraged to not speak in English, but communicate mm -hmm. as well as you can mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, in a new language. And uh, I, I love that. I love that uh, there are so many ways of communicating uh, but we we make all these divisions, you know, that I can't communicate if I don't understand your language. There's so much more that we communicate beyond language. And, uh, and Max Muller's teaching strategy really confirmed that, that while we are here to learn a language, we are also learning about how we can communicate beyond language, you know. And I really appreciated that the teachers uh, encouraged that we speak as much as we could in German, even if we had to refer to our books and construct sentences which were grammatically perhaps incorrect. But yet the attempt to try and learn and, uh, and go into the unfamiliar, uh, I think that's just, that was a wonderful way to learn. Okay, it's good to hear such positive things, positive things about us. I'm glad you enjoyed your time with us. So after Max Miller, or after you finished your master's, you did a master's in English literature, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, from LSA. Uh, somewhere, uh, I suddenly once saw you in Monsoon Wedding. So how did that happen? And uh, what was it like shooting with the likes of Nasiruddin Shah, Mira Nair, uh, Vijay Raz? I think that was a dream debut you got. So tell us how it happened and what was that experience like? Oh, my God. I mean, one could not have asked for a better debut. Uh, and uh, it was really a gift, you know, it was a gift and a responsibility because uh, she placed her trust on me and uh, to play this character. And uh, and we have to thank Dilip Shankar for um, asking me to come and audition for Monsoon Wedding. And uh, I have to really like, I'm deeply, deeply grateful to Mira for taking me on this journey and really making me feel ensconced in her warmth and love and care because it was my debut and there was a lot of, uh, you know, nervousness about, uh, you know, not having uh, any experience. And uh, but she made me so comfortable uh, that I often I just did what I had to do and the camera followed. There was no, uh, you know, I wasn't bombarded with technicality. Uh, which now I understand after 20 years, you know, uh, of camera angles and, you know, uh, takes and, uh, you know, the number of takes that happen, different shots that are planned. Uh, I was so unaware of all of it. And most of my experience of shooting for that had that kind of innocence. I would just be doing what I had to do, what was written on the page. And, and Declan Quinn, the master DOP, um, it was incredible. He shot most of that film handheld, carrying that heavy camera, you know, and uh, just following me around and, you know, and, and we would have the scene. And then, you know, uh, it, it was 
I think that's really the mark of such a great director that she didn't overwhelm me with the process at all. In fact, made me feel like I was just, it was a regular day. Um, but working with her is really like being in the presence of a son, you know. It's, she's so bright, so charismatic, makes you feel like you are, uh, you are really special. And, uh, and I think that's a wonderful way to work on film or anywhere. I think the learning process becomes so much better uh, if, you, if you trust the person you're working with, if you, if you make them feel that trust and that confidence. Uh, it's very boring when experts are arrogant and mm. uh, you know, make it sound like very complicated and try to overwhelm you. Uh, with their great knowledge. It's really quite, uh, <laughs> it's not very constructive, it's very boring, uh, but really a good, uh, a good uh, person, someone who's really good at their craft. Uh, it's very important, not, uh, you know, that uh, it's really helpful and wonderful when they can also communicate, uh, you know, to, with others effectively. And I think Mira is just a master, uh, a mistress of, you know, uh, of really understanding what each person needs and what kind of stimulus and what kind of instruction and what kind of direction, what kind of encouragement. Uh, I still to this date, it's been 20 years, um, I'm so grateful and I still remember that feeling of being, of being made to feel like you were special, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, the movie uh, won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, That's with right. that, it was a huge success. And I think it is one of those films which was not just acclaimed critically, but also was uh, quite a box office hit, like most people I knew had seen the film. So sort of uh, it did manage to achieve commercial success as well. So as I said, a dream debut. But yeah. then the logical next step I would have thought for, for you would have been to say, uh, let's go to Bombay now and see what I can make of my career. But you did not do that. You did something very different. Right. So what did you do? <laughs> uh, I went off to do my second master's uh, <laughs> in, uh, in drama therapy hmm? uh, because I knew what happened to me. I had grown up with a stammer and... Hmm. Uh, and acting on stage uh, healed me of that. And uh, it just vanished with time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I knew that something therapeutic had happened for me by doing theater. Uh, and, uh, and, but I started reading up on what happened and I realized that there's a whole uh, you know, system of pedagogy that uses uh, drama to enter into spaces that are very sensitive, where the usual chalk and talk method of instruction is not that effective, or where there's conflict and trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, words don't really help as much as creating an emotional resonance, which drama does, which theater mm -hmm. does, it's empathy. Uh, and so I got very fascinated by that. And uh, while I was very, very excited about uh, I, I found, I found in front of Mira's camera, I found that I really love this. I really love this world and I really want to act more. And the intimacy that the camera offered was something far more reassuring than uh, 
how I felt being on stage because I felt there was this massive audience and and the kind of personality that I have. I felt I was, you know, I found I'd come home uh, with being in front of the camera. And so I knew that I wanted to act more, but I also felt like I needed to understand what happened to me. And I wanted to understand it and wanted to understand and study it. Uh, which is what took me to NYU to study drama therapy. And then I worked uh, as a drama therapist uh, with a company called the Creative Arts Team and uh, in New York. And the, the project that I was put into was uh, uh, doing drama therapy with the inmates at Rikers Island and, uh, and working, working there. And, uh, you know, was really truly a better acting teacher than than Tish at NYU could have been uh, because uh, you know the inmates there both the men and women are really serving time and their relationship with time their relationship with life is uh, is very heightened and uh, and the possibilities of you know you they're here because of a certain thing that they did in a moment how the idea of how a moment can change you uh, and your life, your and 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 so I, I really like I, I don't even know how to express this very coherently, but uh, I feel very grateful for, for the job that I had at Rikers because not only did it help me understand the human condition better, um, it also became the real foundation uh, for me to decide to be an actor full time, and I, I think I really grew up, you know, uh, uh, I grew up uh, and it, I was ready to come to Bombay and, uh, and face the, the industry because after Monsoon Wedding, I had come to Bombay for a short trip and I got so overwhelmed by this crazy city. Uh, and also, I think the directors I met were very excited to meet me, but they couldn't understand what to do with someone like me. Mm -hmm. uh, because you have to understand, like, Monsoon Wedding was a crossover indie film that did mm -hmm. really well commercially. But in independent cinema, uh, you know, there wasn't much of that happening. Uh, mm -hmm. So what do you do with a person like me? You know, uh, where do you place her? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I realized that they didn't know what to do with me. I didn't know what to do in <laughs> Bombay. I was like, you know, you guys figured it out, I guess. I'll go and study meanwhile. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, because it's something I'd planned to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad I did because that really prepared me. So when I, after Rikers, after New York, I was ready for Bombay and, and all the challenges that go into uh, entering an industry like this with all its unpredictable uh, you know, with its unpredictable nature, and um, I, I was—I think I was ready at a life level, um, mm. thanks to Rikers, and yeah. I'd like to sort of go back to the Rikers thing a little more. How was that experience? Was it motivating? What is? Was it depressing? Uh, you know, every day going into this correctional facility, meeting people—you know—who are just doing time and have very little to look forward to, probably. How is the how how does one relate to that? How does one deal with that? Well, there was a lot of you know, uh, uh, I mean, it, it was heartbreaking and inspiring mm -hmm. uh, in equal measures. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have to say that mm -hmm. uh, one also was coming off uh, having a great teacher and a mentor in Chris Vine who ran 
the creative arts team was the artistic director who mm-hmm. made the uh, who really filled us with a sense of excitement about how we could use this tool mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the with uh, with the men and women at Rikers uh, without coming from a place of uh, you know sympathy mm-hmm. uh, but uh, a more a sense of constructive going forward you know uh, because one realizes that when you enter an American prison that uh, it's uh, the demographics is you know either black or Latina and uh, mm-hmm. so there is there is a reason why <laughs> they're all there it's because the system has failed them you know mm. they, uh, and, and so you know that you it, it's you realize your privilege even though you're coming from india you know and you're in new york you realize your privilege of being uh, uh you know immensely and your sense of entitlement the fact that you got the kind of access to education and the fact that they didn't mm. uh, so you realize that you know how the system has the racial profiling how the system mm. has failed them um how they are for acting out on class uh you know in their early years of schooling they're put on ritalin which creates uh, further uh depression when they hit puberty uh, and then they're put on antidepressants they're already economically marginalized so it's a it's a system rigged for people to fail mm. and uh, so that part of it is depressing but then you know you come in with that energy of your and i think that's the value of an excellent teacher uh that you don't you know you don't get burdened by the system and understand what part you can play in it so that they can move forward with some kind of dignity and are not uh and don't come back into prison you know mm-hmm. so the rehabilitation process of what how they can negotiate life after prison mm-hmm. uh uh was really the focus of the work and so it was very forward looking it was not looking uh, back to understand why they did what they did as much as we will look at why you did what you did if it helps in moving forward so mm-hmm. we can understand what we can do um and 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 drama therapy and process work is quite quite subtle and quite complex and it requires an actor to be uh comfortable with improvisation with uh um being someone who places more importance on um not giving the answers but helping them arrive at the answer you know mm-hmm. themselves so that they have a sense of ownership so when you ask a question as a teacher uh, you know the answer and it's very easy to give the answer but it's far more difficult uh to be a teacher who leads you to discovering the answer yourself but when you discover something yourself that knowledge becomes yours you know yeah. and uh, that's really in in yeah in a nutshell that was uh, the strength and the power of process drama and drama therapy which i really enjoyed and it really became like i said earlier um a massive mm-hmm. uh, a massive rehearsal uh to be an actor you know a professional actor mm Okay. Okay. Then you came. That it's interesting to hear that and how you sort of expressed it. It's really, really, really touching. Okay. Now then you came back. Uh, you played. You did. You played the role of Deepa in a German film, which was made in Bengali, but called right. Shatten Dead Side: Shadows of Time. Right. Now it's an interesting thing that a German filmmaker decided to make a film in Bengali. Yes. Yes. But his first short film, which was. 
which won the short Oscar for short film live action category was in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And his feature was in Bangla and he's German. So mm -hmm. I, I think there are many uh, crazy people like mm -hmm. us, you know, who like many languages and uh, who are perhaps attracted by a story and are willing to go into the deep end mm -hmm. with it, even though they don't know the language. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, yeah, it but was good. yeah. Yeah, Florian Gallenberg, I think, was the director. Yes, yes, and the film that. did very well. It went on to f win the Bavarian Film Award for Best New Director for him and the Bavarian Film Award for Best Cin Cinematography as right. well as right. a, a, lot of, a lot of other awards. So the film did well as, in that category. Uh, now, one more film which I'd like to sort of talk to you about, which I personally found absolutely fascinating, was Kissa. Uh, yeah. You talked about your years in, uh, when your father was in the Air Force and you were moving around from place to place and you discovered so many new characters, so many new cultures. And you mm. said that was a learning for life and pro even prepared you for acting. But the role that you played in Kissa, on the other hand, I don't know, how does one prepare for a role like that? The, you know, there is this, this, this girl who's born into this household where the father wants a son and because he's having, uh, I think you were the fourth girl born. Uh, the father decides to raise Kamar Singh as a girl. Now, there are not many role as models a, for that. As a boy. As a boy, sorry. Right. As a boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are not many role models for that, is there? Are there? Uh, well, that's the thing. I, I, I did ask Anoop that, you know, can I watch any film? I mean, Boys Don't Cry was the first reference that came into my mind. But mm -hmm. it's a completely different cultural uh, context and yeah. very different from the... Uh, texture of Kissa, which is set in the partition, and uh, and so Anoop uh, really told me not to watch any of those things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, how does one prepare? Truly, I was I would have been terrified if it wasn't mm -hmm. for a, a master director like Anoop. Mm -hmm. uh, he's hands down one of the finest directors I've ever worked with, and he completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, he gave me so much to prepare for cover uh, that I felt. I felt completely, completely. There were workshops we did. There were many conversations. Uh, very, very clear, uh, very clear tools to work with. Like I would, you know, how would cover walk? You know, we we workshopped that. Uh, what was covers? How does he hold his body when he's in public? And how does he, she hold his or her body when, you know, they're alone? And uh, the private face, the public face, uh, the relationship with the father, the willingness. Uh, and he told me rather than focusing on playing a man, I'd rather you focused on uh, gaining your father's love, you know, mm -hmm. as being your focus, not mm -hmm. on, you know, if he wants me to be a man, an elephant, an aeroplane, uh, whatever, I'll do whatever because I want this man to love me. Mm -hmm. And to keep my focus on that rather than thinking uh, how can I play a ma be man-like because like Anoop said very correctly that uh, the idea of this film is not for you to play a man so well that no one can tell you're a woman you know uh, because there is no one man you know mm. if I tell you okay be a man who are you going to choose to model yourself mm. because no two men are alike mm just like no two women are alike. So not to fall into these uh, gender binaries and, uh, you know, but rather to uh, 
rather to figure, okay, you have to tape your breasts so that, uh, because that's what your father wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you have to wear these men's clothes. You have to tie the turban. Mm-hmm. So you do all that physically. And you try, and so I kept my focus on him, on on being as much like him as I as is possible for me, so that I can win his love, you know, rather than trying to imitate the idea of a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these were like one of many things, many, many things um, that Anoop helped me with, uh, you know, over a period of, you know, almost nine months to a year. I had Punjabi classes. I did Kalari Pait classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that... Uh, Kalari Paitu is a very ancient form of martial arts and its basic requirement is also to get the body to a space of balance, you know. Uh, so that really helped uh, to figure this androgynous uh, kind of space. Uh, so I did Kalari Pait for a few months. I had my swimming classes and Punjabi and uh, I had to drive a truck and I didn't know how to drive <laughs> even a car. So I had my driving classes. Uh, so it was like really going to school. Mm. There were classes from morning to night. And it was so much fun. I think I just love learning. I like being a student. Mm. So, uh, and it's great when you can be a student and while working, you know, on something. And I think that's the best part of filmmaking uh, and mm. being an actor. Uh, one, that you get to travel and meet so many different kinds of people, but also that you get to learn so many different things. But when you said you learned Kalari Paitu or you learned to, to drive, so, uh, why was the sense of balance so important there to learn these skills? What did the role for the demand character. it for the character? For the character you know, mm. rather than walking like a man or a woman, mm. uh, a child who hasn't been allowed to express mm. her sexuality but has been asked to conform mm. to a particular gender and its and its stereotypes, mm-hmm. uh, Kalari helped me just gain a sort of balance. You know, it okay. before you really get into all the moves and the complex uh, movements of Kalari, the first is really just balancing uh, mm-hmm. the body, the body mm-hmm. having a sense mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, um, uh, sense of your spine being stretched in a certain way, being able to plant your feet on the floor without uh, you know, in a balanced sort of way. So those things really helped my body get uh, a sense of androgyny, which is neither feminine nor masculine, or rather a bit of both. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, Kissa was also a film where you worked with Irfan Khan. Uh, you went on to work with on other, uh, in other films with him. What was it like working with him? Because he was, uh, we were all such great fans of the man and it's really a pity how he was taken away from us so fast. So just the experience of working with Irvan Khan, I'd like to hear a little about that. Oh my God. I mean, in you know, my first uh, opportunity to work with Irvan was in Shadows of Time. Mm. And, uh, and of course, we didn't speak too much then. And, uh, and many years later, uh, we got to work closely together on Kissa and uh, the opportunity to, you know, play his uh, son, daughter, um, is something I will always cherish and not because he's not here physically with us because I really feel that Irfan has, uh, I mean, I'm so lucky to have got so many opportunities to have worked with him 
But even if I had not, he has uh, given us such a vast treasure trove uh, and he has given of himself so generously to cinema that uh, he'll always be with uh, he'll always be with me, you know. Um, uh, that, um, but work, working with him uh, w was really, uh, really a gift, and uh, and especially you know the whole team. Like I think Anupriti held us all uh, together very gently. You know, Tiska, Rasika, Irfan, and I, uh, and he really created a sense of family. And Anupriti did that, and um, and I think Irfan's. Uh, watching him work and i remember him telling me that you know you don't realize how lucky you are to be able to work with someone like anoop this young and i was like i'm not young <laughs> and i've been for really long uh he's like no 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 you don't understand you don't understand you're so young and you're getting to work with someone like him and mm -hmm. you will really un and i really understand that i understand that now mm -hmm. that uh, i was really really lucky to have got an opportunity to work with uh, someone like Anoop who really, who charted out an, a blueprint for this father-son relationship to become something that is beyond just words and gestures, but something that is deeply felt and visceral. And, uh, and I, I think the camaraderie, the trust that he created between the characters and, 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 and us is the reason why while it's tempting to um, allow oneself uh, to be carried away by one's grief of losing Irfan, uh, one is able to really go past that because of the memories that I have with him, you know. Um, there's a scene which I was very confused about in the film and uh, where Irfan literally lifts me up and swallows me and uh it's a very uh, uh you know it's not uh, it's not a very linear narrative you know the kissa and uh so i remember asking irfan do you really understand the scene like you know uh what's really happening here you eat me up and then you leave i understand it like symbolically but you know like uh, and Irfan just looked at me and he said, what is the need to understand everything? Mm. Uh, uh, do you trust Anoop? I said, absolutely. He said, I trust him too. So let's just go uh, on set. And as long as we trust Anoop, we don't have to understand everything. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was just blowing me off, you know, being Irfan, being Irfan. And I was like, Are yaar, he's not giving me the secret to the scene and he knows it. And I was like, come on, yaar, Irfan, <laughs> like, you know, you're such a senior actor. Give now some tips about the scene and how are you seeing it? So that he was like, no, no, I also don't, you know, we don't have to understand everything. And I was like, it's okay. And, uh, and in the scene, the way you shoot, uh, the way uh, it has to be shot so that it looks like he lifts me up and then, you know, I have to disappear, you know. So the way it's shot, the camera angle is such that he will lift me up and then at one point I'll just collapse and and be uh, on the ground. Uh, we were in a, you know, in a desert. So I would be on the sand next to his feet while the camera zooms in on his mouth. So it appears as if, you know, he has inhaled me in literally, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, so the shooting, the technicality of it is he lifts me up, he opens his mouth 
and then I disappear out of frame and sit next to his feet while the camera zooms into his mouth. So mm-hmm. we were doing this a few times and then it was a take and, uh, and, and, you know, he lifted me up. And in that scene, I just saw my like my father lift me up and his mouth open. And then I go down to his feet and I was observing Irfan's feet, you know, sitting on that hot sand, uh, watching his feet while the scene went on. And I, I realized Irfan's feet are really beautiful, you know, and I was just observing his feet and thinking they're so beautiful and uh, and in that moment I realized what Irfan was really trying to say to me that we don't need to understand everything you know in fact it's boring if we understand everything as actors and we go into the scene with our preconceived notions of what we have understood uh, but sometimes just being in the moment and discovering what you feel is can be even way more powerful and and sometimes where the magic of cinema lies, you know, where you prepare and prepare, but the certain things that you can't prepare for. And I realized in that moment that when I saw his feet, I really felt like a child, you know, uh, watching their parents' feet. And the sense of, you know, how in our culture we have this mm. whole idea of touching people's feet and uh, a sense of mark of respect. Uh, but it was a lot of things that I can't explain. But when I sat down and watched his feet, I really felt like no matter what this man does to me, at the end of the day, he's my father. And I love him, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm literally and metaphorically at his feet, you know. Um, even if what he has done to me is really a crime, he has literally erased my identity and eaten me up, you know, mm. because he's so obsessed with mm. having a son because of his own wounds of the partition mm. and what he has lost, you know. Mm. So, and really like, I, I mean, I, I'm sharing this one of many stories uh, from from the set where Irfan uh, was really a dear friend and the kind of advice he has given me over time, uh, is a gift that I can use again and again uh, in my life and I'll forever be grateful for that and and, and whenever I feel lost or or, or sad I you know I, I think of I think of him and of the number of things one can do beyond cinema to uh, beyond films and beyond cinema to um, to encourage one's spirit and to take care of oneself you know, in spending time with your family, uh, the imp- <laughs> you know, uh, like swimming is something that, uh, you know, I'd learned swimming because of Kissa, because initially there was a scene where Cover has to swim and I didn't mm. know how to swim. And uh, I, I started feeling like a fish, you know, I, at, 30, at 32, 33, mm. I mean, I'd learned how to swim and I was like, my God, no, sorry, 35, I was already 30 or maybe something like that. Mm. But, uh, uh, and so, I, I mean, I learned from Irfan, like the way he would start flying a kite, you know, while a shot is being set up. Uh, and uh, the way he would commune with nature and people around him. I realized there's a dialogue that he is having with the vastness that life is, and which goes beyond cinema. And, and I really, like he showed me, like, you know, these are not things we necessarily spoke about, some things we did. Um, 
you know some things which are private and but I, I really think he taught me that he he and Anu both uh, that you know there's there's so much beyond the immediate uh, that we are so you know into and hassled about and that uh, there's so much that one can commune and nourish one's spirit with um, and uh, I have to thank Irfan for that like you know if I'm feeling very stuck like just going out for a walk and uh, or gardening uh, and when that you know you garden something or you know something has died and you know you bring it back to life and you nurture it and uh, and or look at the stars or find a bird and you know talking to a bird um, uh, yeah these are these are things that uh, I remember in Pune it was a very very difficult time personally for me and uh, we were in the middle of the second wave and hospital visits and one of my parents was seriously ill and uh, I felt really overwhelmed and very anxious and uh, you know I felt like I was getting a panic attack and I, I went out for a walk in the garden and I saw this bird with very thin long legs and very graceful uh, in on the lawn hmm. and I, I don't know why I just immediately thought of that this is Irfan so in my head I was just like what are you doing here you know and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know Irfan slash the bird just looked at me and was like well I'm just here you know I'm here what, you know what are you doing here I'm, and so I you know, and I felt I felt like the bird was talking to me. You know, and I felt the bird was Irfan. So I took a step closer, and you know, the bird stepped back. And I took another step, and the bird stepped back. And I was like, Irfan, I just want to photograph you, uh, mm. so that I can, you know, share this moment with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with someone who's close to us. Um, and uh, and then Irfan was just like, I'm not going to let you photograph me, and flew away. You know? <laughs> and uh, so, and I just so I felt so light, you know. And it's not about oh, of course, this is not about getting into some reincarnation or is that Irfan? But I mean, this is I think something I I feel like you know he's really taught me that like there is something larger than all of us, and sometimes uh, we need to zoom out to see the beauty of things, you know, and uh, the connectedness of interconnectedness of our lives, mm. and uh, and he. He taught me that is something I learned in observing him. Um, that there is a there is a music, you know, there's a <laughs> celestial music playing. One just has to tune into it, and um, so yeah, I, I I think there's a there's a very uh, spiritual side uh, to Irfan, uh, he, uh, you know, as much as uh, the childlike, uh, you know, the actor who everyone loves and uh, who can suddenly break the tedium of a shoot by flying a kite or playing cricket with everybody on an off day so there's all that and and there's also this you know the sufi hmm. uh, poet uh, communicating with the world at large uh, which i'm so thankful that i got to witness it and as something that we could speak about it and as something that i can do and it really works i really feel i can communicate with him Mm -hmm. uh, he has given me so much, uh, so mean, so much advice, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, lovely. It was really nice listening to you, <laughs> and you realize also by the things that you've told me just now, that I told all of us just now, 
that uh, that's why he was a great actor that he was that uh, the medium so. didn't matter uh, whether it was an english film or a hindi film or a masala yes. film he yes. just shone he just excelled at whatever he did that's for you all such great fans yeah i think he touched on a yeah. common shared humanity that we have yeah and, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 now your uh, all the films you've talked up uh, talked about up till now have been more in what uh, in my childhood or in my youth was called about more like parallel cinema right mm-hmm. but then you did start me how you have started making forays into a somewhat more commercial space even if it's with uh, say cameos in hindi medium or angrezi medium right. or uh, playing preeti with an i i just love that in mental hood in mental hood on z or balaji sorry Uh, now oh, alt balaji yes. yes. sorry yeah yeah z5 yeah. yeah. z5 right so i love that preeti with an i and also as i said even your roles in hindi medium and english medium uh, they were they were cameos but they were effective and they showed that you can do something different so how did that come about this foray into a commercial less slightly more commercial space really it happened uh, i have to thank hani uh, trehan who was one of the producers of death in the gunge and uh, yeah and he saw me on set and he felt like you know we've only seen you play characters that are economically impoverished and people don't believe that you know you can really you know uh, play a character that's urban and uh, and let's put it very bluntly rich mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's peculiar how the industry slots you in these uh, you know i'm and you know i have to tell honey what the hell i'm not poor but i get to play characters that are so i'm not rich either mm. so i should get to play characters that are rich you know <laughs> uh, uh it doesn't make sense and so he really pushed me for hindi medium mm. uh, he was casting for that film and he really pushed me for it mm. and i'm very thankful because he said that this would be a this would show you in a different light in a light that we haven't seen and mm. that you know and that you can do comedy and you have a sense of timing and that mm. you can play characters that are uh, you know Uh, not just economically disadvantaged and going through <laughs> some intense life struggle you know uh uh so i'm very thankful to to him for that and then it it did, uh, i think the character was really appreciated and then it became a kind of when they were making a sequel they wanted some of us back uh to keep the you know the kind of franchise and mm-hmm. they wanted so I was quite flattered that they wanted me back and but I really agreed to doing it because it was just a one day shoot mm. I agreed to doing it because it would mean getting to spend another day with Irfan mm. uh, I was very clear um I would have done it uh, in any case mm. you know mm. even mm. if it was for a minute mm. uh, and not even a day I would uh, I I yeah. had a sense that I will need my time with him and this is a opportunity and and that's really how it happened it didn't happen because of any commercial calculation mm-hmm. that oh if i do this i'll become commercially visible and viable uh, i've never really calculated like that and uh, and with mentalhood i really didn't think i should play this part at all because uh i've never played a part like that you know and uh, uh but uh, because it's quite over, she's quite over the top yeah uh, she has money but uh, is seeking you know class uh, uh and all the accoutrements of class and you know which are aspirational and uh, and uh, so and she's quite over the top so i asked the makers why like would you want to get someone like me who has never played has played parts that are really subtle and this is anything but and 
they're like that's the reason we and and they convinced me you know and they really trusted me and uh, and they said that you know because she's so over the top we really like an actor who can humanize it mm-hmm. you know uh, because anyone whether we are subtle whether we are shy or whether we are allowed the fact is we are all human beings at the end mm. of the day and none of us are black and white you know mm. uh so then it just became a very tempting proposition to play someone who is so not like me and uh, and ekta uh the director the writer ritu karishma the director and ritu the writer and ekta were all so gracious uh that i felt it would be very ungracious to uh you know not mm. do this uh you know i wanted to respond to their trust um uh, and confidence in me uh, and do something which is outside my comfort zone and i'm very glad i did it yeah and you look good in it and i think you've done a super job there it was a pleasure watching you do something so different in uh, mentalhood you said something a little earlier i was not you said you were not really looking for the commercial space or for more eyeballs but don't you think that's important for an actor No no of course it's important but yeah. like who you can't you know this is a i can't force myself into situations right mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. certain scripts that come to you mm-hmm. certain auditions you get called for mm-hmm. so you go for those and mm-hmm. i've got i've auditioned for some com- very few commercial films that i've been asked to audition for it's not like mm-hmm. i said no to them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they just didn't come to me mm-hmm. because they couldn't imagine me in a certain way so it's not like i chose this or i chose to do independent cinema or to mm. be some flag bearer mm. you know of parallel cinema i just want to be an actor mm. and i'll do if i believe in something mm. you know i i i've never thought of something as mainstream commercial i didn't even know monsoon wedding i i mean i found out like a few weeks before the shoot started the kind of actors that were there in it yeah you know so uh the, that's what i meant by there is no it was not like oh i just want to do independent cinema and mm. be some kind of purist mm. you know uh i did the best with the opportunities that came my way mm. Mm. well i think with the, the last couple of films as i said like in the medium or mental horror i think you've shown that you can do it so what do you think the the future holds for you where do you go from here uh there are some uh <laughs> i mean i'm relieved to say that there are some web series that i'm doing now <laughs> okay. uh, which are quite you would consider them i suppose commercial uh-huh. and uh, so they you will be seeing more of me and some films that i'm very excited about okay. uh so it's a good mix you know okay. of what you would call uh, your indie space and the commercial space and it's nice to be here i think thanks to sir Uh, mm. getting a platform yeah. uh, on netflix and being uh, get, getting so much love from you know parts of india that my work has not had access to i think uh, so being on netflix and the film itself really changed the game yeah uh, and i'm very grateful that i have many opportunities now to choose from um uh, where i can do uh, keep a balance and, uh, and and do both kind of work you know uh um so it's nice to be in that space after 20 years that this yeah. has happened and i'm very very grateful to all the directors who took a chance uh when it was difficult for producers to believe in me mm-hmm. uh the directors did and because of them i'm here today where a producer wants to work with me because of the success of sir which is an independent film yeah. you know so uh, i i'll never forget that you know how where i came from 
because one can all one can you know the rush of things and being in limelight in this industry can go away as soon as it comes you know mm. so i think uh, ratna in so was absolutely brilliant i just loved watching it i have somebody very similar to ratna at home so i kind of totally identified with that uh, role that you played and i think what i really liked is how 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 to put it how muted it all was yes yes yeah that's what i just loved about sir yes. in fact and whenever somebody even i would told people in office and my friend circle that i'd be doing this podcast with you not everyone was very familiar yes. with you but the minute i said you know she's that ratna from sir he said oh that's right. the person you're going to talk right. to so i think right. it has given you a lot of visibility sir on netflix yes yes, yes. it really has and it's yeah. made it possible for yeah. directors to work with me without having to convince their producers and you yeah. know it it is uh, after all yeah. uh, you know it is it's tough and uh, the commerce of it is real right yeah. so i'm very very glad that it happened organically you know and mm. it happened um yeah without having to change oneself essentially yeah. you know Thank you Tilotama it's been absolutely lovely talking to you after See, a long time we've connected and I'm happy that you are one of you're going to be one of our main guests on Goethe Dialogues and if you're next time you're in Delhi please do drop by and visit us at Maximilla Pro- I, I promise to even organize the plate of sesame toast <laughs> <laughs> I would love to I would absolutely love it <laughs> I know all the students just loved it when you think of it how unhealthy it is it's just kind of bread soaking soaking in oil with yes, the, yes, with the yes, potatoes yes, and uh, yes, maida and sesame yes, just yes, yes, but yes. I know it's just irresistible <laughs> no we'll do that do drop by and I wish you all the very best for whatever you try in the future I'm sure it'll be a huge success and thank we'll you. continue to remain proud of you thank, thank you, you so, so much, much. Thank, thank you thank you bye bye Thank you for listening. We hope you had an enjoyable experience. Catch you in the next episode.